This is the Fatherhood Unlocked podcast, and my name is Dan Doty. I'm a father of three, an outdoorsman, and a meditator, and supporting dads to be the best version of themselves is my highest calling. Fatherhood is the biggest rite of passage in a man's life. It's our biggest opportunity to grow up, to wake up, and to learn who we actually are. I believe that a father's love is the biggest missing vitamin on the planet. This podcast is intended to be a lightning rod to call men to action, to create community, and to set a new tone and standard for what fatherhood means. Welcome to Fatherhood Unlocked. I want to start this episode with a little inquiry, a few minutes here to ask some questions. The question I want to ask you is, what is it in a man that causes you to respect him? I'm not looking for one thing. I'm probably looking for many things. But maybe mull that over just for a few minutes on your own. What brings out your respect for a man? I know what it is for me. And it is a combination of a wide range of human attributes. I respect a man that has a work ethic, that has integrity, that does what he says, that is able to get things done, be linear, and be very competent at life, at least parts of life. But it doesn't end there. For me to really respect a man, I need to see his heart. I need to feel the sense that there is care and there's connection and there's trust. There's, the, there's something deeper. There's something more heartfelt. There's something more human. And the men that I respect the most have a, have a wide-ranging combination of all of these things. And they're certainly not uh, holding up an, an illusion of grandeur or an illusion of having their shit all together or an illusion of being perfect. That's not super respectable in my world. Our guest today is one of my closest friends. Aaron Blaine and I met about six years ago, and we have been colleagues. We've led wilderness trips together. We've led countless men together on retreats and in groups, and I care about him very much. He is entering this fatherhood unlocked universe and is going to be leading and guiding people here in this context as well. A little more about Aaron. Aaron's from the Midwest. In his childhood, he always looked toward the military as a direction for himself, and he ended up having a career as an Army Special Forces Green Beret. And he saw deployment all over the world. He saw combat in Iraq and Afghanistan. I met Aaron right on the back end of him coming home. Since that point, Aaron has worked for every man, and he also spent a few years leading trips for returning Special Forces veterans, Gold Star families, and others in that context, in the wilderness and in healing capacities to come back home and to have whole lives after that lifestyle. He's just a good dude. In this conversation, we are introducing a couple of the things that he's up to. One of them is called Fatherhood Ready. It's an online training for 12 men who are about to become fathers, or they're wrestling 
with the possibility of becoming a father. And it's a deep dive training. It's a it's an immersive men's group experience, and we are bringing in experts from different areas of life, child psychology, birth experts, postpartum experts, all kind of financial experts, the things that not many of us dads got a training in before we jumped into the role. The purpose of this program is to set a community and an education on the things that will really count as, as men go through this massive transition in their lives. So it's called Fatherhood Ready. Starts at the end of April. Aaron is leading it. I will be in there teaching a few of the classes and uh, super excited about it. You can find more about it at dandody.com. And keep an eye out because soon we are going to share and announce fatherhoodunlocked.com. Right now it's Dan Doty. The next thing that I want to share briefly about, and we touch on this in the conversation a little bit, but Aaron's my co-lead for an upcoming trip this summer. And the trip is for fathers and sons and sons who are age 13 and up. And this is called the Unbreakable Bond. And it's in Yellowstone National Park. And it is just a balls-to-the-wall adventure. We're going to backpack through the mountains. We're going to climb a mountain. We're going to do some top rope climbing as well. And all the way along, uh, fathers and their sons are going to have just incredible opportunities to be guided into places of depth and connection together. And the dads are going to get to hang with the dads, and the kids are going to hang with the kids, and we're just going to come out of there strong men, all of us. So uh, if you're interested in that, check it out again, dandody.com. All right, and with that, I bring you the conversation with Aaron Blaine. All right. Um, welcome to the show, Aaron Blaine. I'm guessing this won't be your first time or only time. Uh, well, wait, a second, wait a second. It is your first time. <laughs> I got that wrong. It's early. And I'm just putting out a caveat here. It's early in the morning. It's actually not that early, but I feel like it's early and um, I'm still pretty groggy. So just uh, bear with me, both you and everybody listening. Yeah. And uh, I've got some sand in my eyes too. So we're just waking up and slapping each other across the street like actual sand like you put actual sand in your eyes no like the sandman comes and puts sand in your eyes. <laughs> it takes a while for it to fall out during the day um well i suppose we should share that uh this is not the first time i've talked to aaron blaine um we've known each other for a long time we've spent a lot of we've worked together uh we went up in the mountains once and he was going to kill me with a handgun um and yeah uh, thought about it remember that i do that was probably one of the most interesting uh wild synchronicities that has ever happened to me i mean well, let's start with that story that's a perfect place to start do you want to tell it or do you want me to tell it why don't you start and then i'll i'll uh supplement okay yeah you can supplement and so we had known each other for not that long maybe a yeah. couple months and uh all i think all we knew is that we wanted to go hunting together and so there was a spot over on like the north end of the park that yep. we were like really yellowstone park yellowstone park yeah, yellowstone national park but it's the northern like border you know it comes up into this place called buffalo plateau and you can go in with an early rifle season so we, we went in to do some scouting and i had a pistol on my hip and we sat down on this little trail and we hadn't been to have a snack we were just having a snack <laughs> well, you had these 
Remember, you had those elk sticks with cheddar cheese, or maybe it was pepper jack cheese in them. Um, well, no, no, Elise and and I think or Elise or Lindsay made us a bunch of Scotch eggs. <laughs> oh, okay. And we were in because I think we were both like trying out the keto diet or something, and oh. then we were on the trail. Anyway, we were having a snack, and I looked down at my pistol. And I don't know if it's just the way that you looked at me, but in my mind, I thought to myself, maybe Dan thought I brought him out here in the woods to kill him. And then I, it was just a fleeting thought. And I forgot about it and like just started like staring up into the woods, eating my scotch egg. And then Dan <laughs> says, hey, man, you want to know what crazy thought just came across my head? And I was like, what? And you said you just brought me out here into the woods to kill me. And it, it blew my mind. I don't know what happened there. I don't know why I would even think that. I don't know why you would think that. See, but. I remember this story slightly differently. What, what I remember is that, so yes, we were sitting there and it was like a sustained quiet moment, right? I mean, it wasn't just like a second. It was, I don't know, 30 seconds or a minute, maybe even a little longer, you know. We'd been trudging up this mountain. That there was a trail, but it was a big area of blowdown. The wind had blown down all the trees, so it was hard to find yeah, the trail. Dead fall everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I mean, so yeah, th- it was accurate. Like I, I just, I got like kind of a fear of God in me for a second, and I, I just like, holy shit, this guy might kill me. And <laughs> but what I remember you saying was that the thought that came to you was, I wonder what Dan would do if I took my pistol and pointed at him. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. That that sounds like a psychopath to me now. That <laughs> me. It, and these are all just, I think, like subconscious bleeding thoughts that are just like rolling around in both of our heads. And then all of a sudden we spoke to them, which I think is also like, I don't know, call me crazy, but like there's something bigger happening there. And I think that like we can always kind of do that as humans. I think we just don't pay yeah. that much attention to it. But um, it was wild and synchronistic and it was, yeah, it, it was funny. Yeah. So, I mean, to me, it's two options, right? It's either it was, you know, a random experience, random occurrence. We had similar thoughts at a similar time and then we spoke them out loud. Right. Um, or it was something of a, it was, it was a shared experience in the, in the yeah. experience of it. Right. Exactly. That's my vote. That's my vote. Um, and maybe that's just a good intro to, to, you know, our relationship in our chat here is that there's, um, you know, we, uh, in my words, we have, you know, enjoyed and experienced a, a type of friendship and connection that is, um, that, that, that instance makes sense on to me. There's just, there's like, there's something of an understanding of each other on a layer underneath of, (laughs) underneath of having to say i don't know i'm not sure exactly how no, that, that sounds that sounds accurate to me i would say like a step up in consciousness i think based on like kind of being all in for hanging out and being friends and working together and like i just don't think there's anyone else that i know of that that's ever really worked out that well with and yeah, yeah. yeah i think it's pretty cool yeah well yeah that's a great intro so
you know, what we're um, going to talk about here, I, I really, I guess, just to lay out a, a messy route for us, and it doesn't even have to be a route, but um, Aaron is jumping in uh, in the Fatherhood Unlocked world and uh, coming on, first of all, to lead um, Fatherhood Ready, which is an online program for men coming up here in April 2023. And then Aaron's also my co-lead for the Unbreakable Bond, which is the father-son expedition in Yellowstone, right? So actually, you know, a handful of a dozen miles away from that place where he almost fucking killed me. Um, (laughs) And uh, so this is, you know, my intention here, you know, just to talk about those programs, talk about the elements underneath them, talk about fatherhood, and also just introduce Aaron to, to the community and to the show and to, and to what we're doing. Um, Thanks, Dan. So, yeah, man. Well, let's, um, let's start a little bit with the, the fatherhood ready stuff, man. I think that, uh, you know, maybe let's just kind of outline the program. We don't need to, this isn't necessarily meant to be an advertisement for the program, more, more of a, you know, kick off into the conversation. Um, You know, one of the things that I'm doing and aiming to do with this whole project in general is, uh, I don't know, offer some new depth and perspective about this role of fatherhood and about the process of it, what it really means. And, um, you know, since I, since I kind of launched this a couple of years ago, one of the things I've been most excited to offer people is this fatherhood ready course mm-hmm. and and to put it in a um i don't know a very simple framework of what it is it's it's an opportunity it, it takes the depth and the meaning and, and the kind of the necessary goodness of a men's group and weds it to an educational process to give dudes the heads up on this job like what the fuck should we actually be thinking about and considering and paying attention to and planning for you know so we're talking about car seats and car tires and diapers and and uh postpartum and all that shit but also very much also the deeper sense of identity the change that men are going nobody really talks much about the change that men go through when they become fathers and what it means so um yeah no yeah, man what... about the change that women go through too and and i think we'll, we'll cover that there's just so much practical knowledge and like wisdom and and legacy stuff that like we'll just know as dads that like man i wish there was somebody that would have passed this stuff off to me um or at least i would have known to ask about it yeah so what makes you qualified to teach <laughs> just <laughs> Now, I'm curious, like, what, what are you excited about? And what's the, I don't know, tell me more about your, your general feelings going into this first program for Fatherhood Ready. Yeah, I think like to elaborate on what I just said about it being um, just super practical. And like, you know, for me, I have learned this along the way, um, just by default of being a dad. And it's all been very spontaneous and very intense. And that's all been great. Um, and some of it hasn't been, but man, there's just not a, like, there's not a, a field manual or a, um, a mentorship platform that gets guys prepared for what's about to happen. And I think there's just like, yeah, when I knew I was becoming a dad, it was exciting. And it was also like, I just was like, well, we'll figure this out. Kind of like I've figured out most things in my life. 
but if I had to go back and do it again, I think I'd do some homework. I think I'd probably find a mentor. I think I'd probably take this class that we're about to teach seriously, just because it's crazy and it's amazing and it's it's horrible and it's cool and it, it's it's so many things. But um, you know, there's all these little catchphrases that you hear from people along the way before you have before you're a dad, which is like man, when you have kids, you know, things just go so fast and you hear that, but I don't think you realize the depth and the like reality of those types of statements until you're in it. And then you're like, oh man, I got to figure this out. So I'm excited to share at least what I've learned. I think we will co-share a lot of very similar experiences and then bringing in some like absolute masters of their craft um, to say, hey, this is like, this very practical part of it and this is what i do for a living so in in just the curriculum is badass it's it's very comprehensive like you said it's a balance of you know practical stuff but also like man like how are we supposed to be and like how can we get the most out of it how can we get the best and the most out of it um without being older and going oh dang i really I really kind of screwed that up or I didn't do my best. And so, yeah, there's a lot there. Um, I need you to gut check me on something. I yeah. feel, you know, there's a lot of outrage in our world, right? People are outraged by all kinds of things. Um, many of which I'm not all that outraged about, but one thing that I, that, that there's just this, I really want your honest perspective on this. I just think it's fucking crazy, like absolutely crazy that we blindly stumble into parenthood, marriage, sex, death with like literally very, very little support, talk, education, like like the biggest things in life, the biggest yeah, things, the things that seem no to education. Other than what you see in movies and, and like maybe hear from a, a few people, it's not, it's not known. It's not common knowledge. It's not, there's no, yeah, there's no education involved. Like think about when you have to like learn to get your driver's license. Like you have to go do a lot of things. You have to take like a three month course. You have to go sit with a guy for like, I don't know, yeah. 10 different hours of driving around and like you have to take tests. And, you know, I think like it's, there's so many things that require a lot of like baseline knowledge, except for these ridiculously pinnacle things that we, that, that come up, that will come up. They're, they're inevitable work. We're, we're going to do those things. And yeah, yeah people are just like, eh, eh, we'll just kind of figure it out. If I were, so this is, this might not make any sense, but Imagine for a second that we no, actually I like let me involve you in some of your your background and training in this. So this might not okay. make sense. So let me let me try to get it out. But let's say that um our society right now is treating parenthood or father. And listen, there's a lot of there is stuff out there, right? Pe people who there's who really there's stuff. So I'm not saying this is totally a blanket statement, but we are, if we zoom out, generation after generation, kind of flopping our way into this mm -hmm. most important role without much training practice, sort of insight, uh, intentionality, 
all of these things. But now, now imagine if any company or a sports team or like a like a military crew was going to do the most important thing in their career and was doing it with such a level of hands off the wheel, right? Like, like, I mean, how does like your training in the military, I mean, just maybe that perspective fits or doesn't fit, but I mean, fuck, you got trained, you were constantly training for your entire career, right? Okay. Could you imagine going into like New York city and picking up 10 people and being like, Hey, this is going to be kind of crazy, but I'm going to put you on this like combat mission in Afghanistan. We're going to give you all the gear and put you in a truck and then you know, just figure it out when you get there. That would be horrible. And like, it would go terribly. And like those things, I mean, those things don't always go as planned hundred percent, but there's enough training and enough like yeah, uh, just like baseline knowledge of what the heck is going on to jump in and do something successful, you know, conduct a mission successfully. And I think that goes for everything in the world, dude. And so I don't think you're, I don't think it sounds crazy. I don't think it sounds wrong. Like, yeah, if we want to do things well, we need to train for them or we need to intentionally move into them with some consciousness and awareness of what is happening or we're like, I was just thinking about like getting on to target and being like, wow, I really don't know how to use this, like this handheld mortar system. Let me just figure it out. And it's going to be horrible. And that's kind of what happens in a lot of different circumstances when you become a dad and all of those other things that you talked about. But like, it's like, oh man, here I am. And like this, like I'm doing it. I'm at tongue tie surgery on my son. And like, no one ever told me that this stuff would happen. And like, here's this beautiful little baby. And then like, intuitively, I'm not like wanting to torture this baby, but I have to scrape my finger along the, you know, the skin under the mouth and like make my baby cry. It's like, dude, I didn't realize how hard that would hit me. I'm like, oh, yep. It's a surgery. That's what you do. I was trying to be very like compartmentalized and practical. I was in tears trying to do it. And like, it was just like, why? Why? It's hard, why? isn't it? That's it's a hard so thing. Hard. Yeah. And Elise was better at the at it than I was, surprisingly. That's, yeah. that's a tough one. Yeah, I, I, I want to make, I want to put two points out there. One, I feel like, um, you know, I'm not sitting here being upset with my dad or parents or that generation or thing. Like, there's no personal... I just want to state this. There's like no personal blame in this, but what you, what I, the other point, what I think is, so I, I just want to be clear. I'm not saying, you know, no, I think I'm reading your up. mind again. I think I know yeah. what you're going to say, but just, take- well, well, what, what I, here's, here's why I think we're in this situation. I don't think that this is how it was for all of human history. I don't think we stumbled into parenthood. It's just that we used to have the village or the tribe or the sure. community and that it wasn't such a like the the entire sort of world of parenting wasn't on the shoulders of two people i think it was shared and spread and i think the institutional knowledge of the community around you was was passed on so if that is true which i think it might be i think what we're doing here is seeing if we can kickstart a, a new modern version of that which just is like hey like you know, you on an island with your children and your and your partner, 
just doing it alone and thinking that's the way it's just like, ah, let's like, we'll just tell you from experience and everybody else around us that we've been inquiring and like that it's fucking hard. So um, does that land to you? Dude, totally. And not only that, I think that like you said, we're coming up with this new thing. I would argue that it might not be new and we're kind of waking up parts of ourselves that already exist. Like, and we're just not paying attention to, and there's no space for it. And there's not a community or a tribe, which what is what this course is going to be that comes together and says like, you know, think about like guys, I don't know, men back in the stone age. It's like, they probably sat around and talked about like where to find the animals and like, you know, what type of things to wear and what to eat. And it's like, that's what we're doing together with fatherhood you know, it, we're, we're kind of giving each other some cheat codes. Um, we're supporting each other verbally and emotionally. There's so much that um, probably did exist that got lost somehow, or we just got yeah too big, too fast. And then here we are um, just like kind of going along the way uh, without that community. So I think that's brilliant. Well, and, and what I want to get toward here is you said, you know, some of fatherhood has been great and, and some of it hasn't been great. I think that's actually like a perfect way to, to sort of talk about this a little bit. Um, but one more, one more point I want to share here, which is that anthropologically speaking, um, some research has shown that throughout human history, the average construct for child care, child rearing is two adults to every one child right the 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 normal structure of a family community tribe extended family will would have two adults to every one child and um so i mean that as an example to state that our current mode of living of you know nuclear family and individual sort of sovereignty and just this thing that we're doing is not the thing that humans mm. have been doing it's not and so i guess what i want to just offer and this is you know certainly my opinion it's not a fact but i think that the the structure under which we're even approaching parenting puts us at a really really like substantial deficit to start from um in terms of just a lot of things that we need that we don't even know we need right yeah um but yeah let's so let's talk about I mean, so yeah, man, you have, uh, what Easton is, is he five? He'll be six yeah. soon. No. He'll be six in June. Be six in June. And Conan is what? Five months, six months, six months old. Six months old. So you got yeah. two, two, two dudes, um, running two around. Dudes. all kinds of, all kinds of, uh, no, I'm not even going to say that. That's weird. Um, wild so what's what's been great what's not been great let's go there like what's what's the what's it been like man what's the, what's the sort of stepping into fatherhood been for you yeah um man there's so much there i don't really know where to start but um i'll just start off with like some great things of like yeah the kind of the the shaping of a family and the the feeling of having like a partnership with my wife and you know raising this awesome two awesome boys um that's something that i've always wanted and it's here and you know there are 
extremely joyful experiences in that and then there's also extremely challenging things that come up i mean and it's almost a, a good like 50 50 um and i would say like not having a family here you know my family's in ohio um lindsay's family's kind of here but they're still about an hour and a half away so you know we've been doing most of this by ourselves we've been doing the shared parenting and working and trying to pull everything together um and like i think there's just always been a like a point of stress along the way which has been like anywhere from Easton not eating enough to like, um, you know, Conan having to get a tongue tie surgery. There's just so many things that come up that you're like, oh man, I'm kind of scared. Like, this is scary. Like my baby hasn't really been eating for the last couple of weeks and he's losing weight and going down to like, you know, the, the I don't know, the 10, 15 percentile of kids which I'm not sure is accurate, honestly, because our son is huge and they were saying that he's in the 10%. But anyways, besides the fact it's, there's all these like really waking realistic moments of like, oh, this, this is fragile. Like this is, this is really challenging because like we could really screw it up if we don't do all the right things. And I would say my wife is kind of in the shadows back there doing all of the right things, researching all of these things, finding experts and trying to understand what all this means. You know, not having the tongue tie could have meant that like the structure of my son's face would not be as like full as it should be. And so like we had to come together as a team and be like, are we doing the right thing? Are we taking the necessary risks? And it's almost like mission planning. It's like, all right, like here's the reality of this. And we have to like sit down and talk about it and then like take off work and drive a distance of two hours to find this really good doctor and like do this thing together. And so, yeah, like that's the really hard part. And that's like stuff that no one teaches you. Um, and, and, and like, there's not just one doctor out there that kind of knows all of what babies are like. I mean, there's, a, there are some that spe specialize in that. And, but there's a lot of the nuanced stuff that, that is just like really hard to learn. And then I would say like, the great part about it is like, sitting on a lake with my son with a fishing pole. And like, catching his first, you know, brook trout and just seeing his face light up. <laughs> that is like gold, like gold to me. Like my dad took me fishing. I mean, fishing was a huge part of our family tradition. Um, my grandpa took my dad, my great grandpa took my grandpa. And yeah, maybe there's something in there that's just like epigenetic or just like, Hey, just a good memory. Um, and so like, being on a paddleboard, watching my son catch a fish, looking over, seeing my wife do yoga on a dock and just being like, oh, wow, this is pretty cool. Like there's a lot of th good things happening. There's peace, there's synchronicity, there's nature. And like, here I am not thinking about anything, but like this fish that my son it has caught and like just maybe making them you know, mental note of like, this is probably a core memory. And like, I'm proud of that. And it's exciting. And, 
there's a bunch of those. They don't happen every day. Some sometimes multiples happen in one day. It just kind of depends. But um, there is a spectrum that I feel like you have to bounce off of regularly from those really amazing, beautiful times that make parenthood worth it, which there are so many. And then there are also so many challenging things that are equally, <laughs> you know, great in like learning lessons and they make your family stronger. And like, it just depends on your mindset, and how you go into it, but um, they're challenging. Yeah. Very challenging. Thank you for letting me budge in here and tell you about one of our offers at Fatherhood Unlocked. And I'm excited to share that we have a roster of coaches that are specifically trained and in place to support dads with what they need. This roster covers a a wide swath of financial spectrum, so you have a good chance of finding someone that you can afford. And this roster has an incredible depth and background of experience. Coaching is a very powerful way to get your shit together and to move forward and grow in life. And it's also really helpful for fathers because dads don't have a lot of time. And the coaching model is one that you can take an hour a week or a couple hours a month and get a huge bang for your buck. So check out our roster of coaches uh, for Father Unlocked right now. It's at dandody.com. Soon enough, we'll switch it over. The website will be fatherhoodunlocked.com. Thanks for listening. Yeah, some of the some of the big ones, like the big categories <clears throat> that that seem to come up in terms of what's hard. Um, the first one, which is really important. So I ran this program once before the fatherhood ready, right? One of the things that many of the guys were really, let's just say freaked out about was a way to represent it was um what's going to happen to my 90 minute morning routine? What's going to happen to my ability to go see my buddy for a weekend? It's this loss of freedom. Oh yeah. Loss of freedom. And that's fucking legit. Um, Another one, I'm just going to throw out some big categories here. So, you know, just child behavior in general, right? And like the stages of children's development, behavior, it's, you know, that's an ongoing, always changing challenge for in my household with our kids. It's always, man, how, how do we show up in this moment now for this kid, right? Um, not only just loss of identity or loss of freedom, but time management. One of the hardest things for dads um, is, you know, if you have a job, what if you have a big job and you have kids and you have a marriage to tend to, and you want to stay fit and you want to have a spiritual life and you want to have friendships. It's just like, motherfucker, that shit, like, how does that, how does that work? Right. I think that's, that's constantly real. Uh, Financial responsibility changes when you have a family and, you know, different variations for people, but actually that word itself, responsibility, I would say, so I'll say this, and maybe this is a setup for you to answer a question, but I would say my biggest growth of myself, inner and outer, I would say in this whole process of of being a father has been um, actually understanding and stepping into what it means to take responsibility all the way, right? I, I think that that is one of my one of my biggest lessons. Uh, so in, in the context of your own maturation and growth, man, like what, 
What's your biggest lesson? Maybe you already learned it. Maybe you're in the process of learning it. But what do you think is is like? What's what's your medicine here that fatherhood's mm. given you? Yeah, like I like the like we we talk about like putting on our our big boy pants or our adult pants, and I think there's different versions of that through life. But these feel like especially important and especially big, and. I feel like I'm doing, I, I'm like saying I'm doing it like every couple months. I'm like, okay, now, now I'm going to like really, really do it. And I think I am like continuing to grow on that like arc, but man, there's it's, it's they're heavy pants. And I think we should like, create, we should create a product alongside this thing. And it's, it's <laughs> big, big boy pants. And you actually, we should sell them, man. We should fucking sell sweatpants that say, Big, big They've boy got like, pants. Oh yeah, my god, we're actually gonna do this. We're I'm I'm like, actually not joking. <laughs> we're gonna make sweatpants that say big boy pants, and okay. it's time to put them on. Fuck, that's brilliant. And yeah, we'll send some to you when you <laughs> when you oh sign up god. for the course. But yeah, like first of all, I think like if I just started out on a timeline, the loss of identity and like the acceptance of not being able to like go sit in my buddy's garage and, you know, drink a beer, uh, traveling, hunting, like I moved to Montana to be a hunter. And like, I've mastered my craft and like learned how to like walk in these mountains and like use my weapon systems. And now I'm like pretty lucky to get out one or two days a year, just because it's, it's, it's really hard to leave. It's hard to leave. And, and it's hard to do things for yourself and feel okay about it. And it's hard to leave your wife behind when she is going to bear all of the responsibility that we talked about maybe should be a village. And now we're saying should be one woman or one man, even it's, it's a ton of stuff. And so like, you know, it's changed the way I think about, you know, my professional life for sure. Um, and understanding that a nine to five, like just does not work out for me specifically for having a family. Um, it doesn't, it hasn't proved to work well. And so me taking fully full responsibility and like trying to figure out how to do, how to be a stay at home dad that also runs a business that makes enough money. And it is just, it's, it's hard, but it's worth taking on for me because being away all day and coming home and having no energy and like really having to muster up some dad time or, or wife time and then also help with dinner. Like it is crazy. Like I met with a couple of my old teammates this past weekend and like that was probably the core of our discussion of how little time we have to do anything anymore. And I don't want that to sound like so horrible because I think it's good I think it's really like helped me go all right like let me distill down all of the things that are like actually very 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 important and then figure out how to do them and so for instance like I do have to wake up at 5 30 if I want to go to the gym and take care of myself and like I specifically have that as a value of being a dad is being in shape and being able to get down on the floor and play with my kids. And so like I do it and it's hard, but it's worth it. And I think like, just to throw this in there, like 
fitness and wellness has become number one for me because everything kind of trickled down from that. My mental health, the uh, stamina and the ability for me to play with my kids, uh, help with dinner, get kids ready to go to bed, and then like have some maybe time with my wife. And all of these things are not, not things we were doing before we got married. You know, we is were. That, is, like, that, is that what you call sex? Maybe time? You're like, <laughs> yeah. Like, you want to have sex? It's, maybe. it's always. Maybe. Well, no, it's just, it's, yeah, always maybe. <laughs> Like, and it may or may not happen, but um, <laughs> that's always been pretty good. We've, I think we've done a good job of that. If, uh, Lindsay will probably kill me for saying that, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I want to go back. I want to go back for a second. I want to go back. Cause there's like a, a deep note that I think is really necessary to hit. And you said that you think that that shifting of time management is, is probably good. Right. I would, I would, I would agree. And I want to, I want to put out a couple reasons for why I think it's good. I think it's not only good. I also think it fucking sucks. Like just honestly, like it just, I don't want to be Pollyanna about it. It's really, really sucks. (laughs) Like it's, it's real. It's a grind. grind. But the, the couple of the positive aspects, one is that it, it really is like, like you said, it's a crucible that uh, that hones your capacity to be present and to be effective more than anything else that I've ever known, right? It's it's just like the, what what the way I've told a lot of dads or soon to be dads is just like there's no room to fuck around anymore, and so no. you can either fuck around and get your ass kicked, uh, or you can take it on the crucible on and let it shape you into a very, very, very functional and efficient machine, which is pretty rad. Um, so that's one. But the other one, which is a little bit deeper, is I feel like the, you know, this this sort of wild freedom that a lot of us modern men have experienced in our, you know, before we become dads is, is not, um, it's incredible. But I also think, that again on a on a human history level it's basically that we get to be adolescents for a really long time we get to be self-centered adolescents for a really really long time uh which may be a harsh way to say it may not be totally true but i think there's something about that that is true and then when yeah. we when we get into more of a of a family or service oriented position in life there's kind of a reckoning and a remembering of um wait a second I'm not, you know, I think I'm pretty special, but I am not the point of, of <laughs> not the point of being alive. Right. Which I think is healthy. I really do. No, I, I do agree with, with all of that. Um, you are. Yeah. And, and there's like a, a felt sense of being able to do whatever you want and have that freedom. And like, you know, I used to get off work and I would do whatever I wanted. I'd go home and take a nap. I would, you know, go to the bars quite often. Um, there was always like, hey, what are you doing Monday night? What are you doing Tuesday night? And it's like, guys still ask me that that don't have kids. And I'm like, oh, I know what I'm doing. I'm going home because I have kids and a family. But it's 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 even, I think it's really hard for guys to understand that don't have kids and even men that don't have kids, not even just boys, but like, yeah, grown men that are in their, 30s 40s that don't have kids they can't understand why i can't make time to go have a beer with them 
It's like, it's just a beer, man. It's like, oh man, like I have trouble for me personally, I have trouble running errands after work because I know my wife is like unraveling and stressed. And like, all I can think about is like coming in the door so I can save whatever situation is going on. I mean, so it just, just dramatically changes that, um, that entitlement of just yeah. coming home or doing whatever you want. It's, it's and gone. <laughs> you mentioned this earlier. It also, um, another big impact that can be positive, but also really hard, I would say very uncomfortable is it, uh, it completely transforms a marriage, right? Obviously you don't have to be married to have kids, but having, having children completely, completely, you know, that's, that's, and I know we're going to put time, I know we're going to focus on that in the course, the fatherhood ready course a little bit, but man, that's something we could talk about for ever, right? How, how marriage changes when, when, when yeah. kids, when kids come out, um, both positive and negative, both positive and negative, I would imagine. But again, something that I really didn't think about consciously before it all happened. So. Yeah. So, all right, well, let's, let's try that prompt then. How about what would have been helpful to know personally for you? What would have been, if, if, if somehow you could have got the heads up on some shit, what would have actually been nice to hear or to understand? Um, yeah, I think like, first of all, just the, the biology and the like extreme differences that happen in a woman's body and hormones and like how to how to care for that and how to honor that and how to like be there for that and it's like kind of living with a really beautiful badger or wolverine or something and it's like it's there's a lot of like it's real hard, man. It's like, there's so much going on with her. And like, I'm just like, Oh, no, like, there's just like, a baby growing in her belly. And there's, Oh, my God, there's so much more. And there's stages of that. And like, you know, mental health comes along with that. And um, I think just like, how to how to support it was not something that I was like, ready to do or understood how to do and like i had to put on a set of big boy pants for that and go like all right let's like let's figure it out and um i don't even think she knew what all of those things would be as a woman and so it's just all of a sudden a, an explosion of stuff that um yeah you've got to swim through as a couple and learn how to be there and learn how to gracefully move through all those really hard times do you think for our sweat, our big boy sweatpants, do you think that the words big boy pants should be up and down the leg or just right on the butt? <laughs> I think they, they should actually say man pants. Oh, man pants is good too. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, 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 they're not boy pants. They're, 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 they're ha they have to be man pants. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Did you and, did you and Lindsay do the normal, um, birth classes right where you where you went and did you do anything well what did you what did you do educational very transactional yeah like we went yeah. to the bozeman hospital and there was a nurse and woman that like gave us like the plastic babies that you like dress yeah. and put diapers on and honestly it wasn't built for a man and i think that's another conversation we could have for a long time like it wasn't 
it didn't cater to the man. It was like very feminine and like the women were kind of like, I think they were like getting joy out of seeing how uncomfortable it was for guys. I don't know. Maybe that was just me, but I would say that a lot of those things are just uncomfortable for men in general. And that might be a huge problem in itself, but um, yeah. So we did one class and that was it. I think it was like an hour and a half long. So we did a, the, with the first birth we did, I think it was like a series of four classes with other parents who were, you know, working with the same midwife we used. And here's what I remember is that, you know, I think they touched on some important things. Um, but what I remember from it is that it was basically like book learning, right? And there was some conversation. It was actually done pretty well. But at the same time, I think it, what, what I'm kind of realizing right now is that, you know, we can read books, we can read, we can get the information, but the, yeah. the the difference between having the information and having any idea what the fuck it means is huge, right? Large and I think, and yeah. that's that's part of what I think the point is with this, you know, with this thing we're building is that, uh, you know, to sit down with another man and, and just like have him walk you through how it feels and looks and, you know, just a more experiential way of, of approaching it. I, I think I think can can be really helpful, but yeah. Um, yeah, it's so funny, man. The I mean, that's another whole topic, which is, you know, because there are people that that spend their lives f- figuring out how to teach us how to be parents, right? And so whether that's, um, I mean, there's just so many things, right? I mean, for here's one little note for fathers that soon to be fathers or one day to be fathers. After the baby's born. I mean, first of all, fuck, we could talk for years about just birth, right? Like, yeah, it, it is the most astounding, wild, mm-hmm. immense thing you could ever imagine. And can go a million different ways. We've had three births, you've had two. All of ours have been very, very, very different. Um, yeah, very different. All of them, all of them had changed our lives immensely not just the experience of them changed our lives. And then obviously having the child that came from them changed our life. But, but like one little thing that I've always stuck out is that the time between when a child is born and when the mother's milk comes in uh, is longer than you would think. And is really fucking intense for us was really intense. Right. And so I, I remember we did this course last year and um, I, I talked to a dad just to do a little research before. And I'm like, what would you have wanted to know about the birth process? He's like, well, he listed like 10 things, but he's like, you know, the one thing I wish I would have known more than anything was about that time period between birth and when the baby can start drinking because it's fucking intense and it's intense for the mom. It's really intense for the baby. The baby's screaming, hungry, doesn't know, you know, is brand new to the planet and the, and the mom, it's painful. It's uncomfortable. I mean, just, and obviously oh, so not, a, not, a, not every child is breastfed, but Jesus Christ, what a complex, intense, wild journey oh. that is. Right. So there's just all of these things that, and, and again, we, I, we did have some education going into it, but, but it was just so inadequate, I guess, is what I would say. 
No, I think, like you said, there are a lot of great people out there trying to like present this stuff and have it available, but it's with the busy lives that we have, it's just kind of like, all right, let's go through this ringer thing and like do it and then come out the other side and hopefully have a baseline knowledge when there's so much nuance to it. Like you said, like, you know, in my mind as a 32 year old man, I thought we were going to go to the hospital and a baby was going to come out and it was going to be pretty quick. And we spent, I think like at least 36 hours laboring and 72 hours being in complete fear because my son was upside down and wouldn't come out of the birth canal. I could see his head for like a day and a half. And like he sat in there and struggled and his heart rate went to 234 probably most of a day and you know things got quiet um nurses walked in and out doctors kind of disappeared and then it was just me and Lindsay in the room well and her mom and we all we, no one knew what was going on and that was crazy and that was really intense and like it was so much so and i'm sure there's a lot of women out there who've had really difficult births and maybe that's like somewhere on a spectrum but like the doctors came in as a group into our little like holding room and were like, Hey, this is the woman that did this. <laughs> like, and I think in that moment, my wife realized like what we had just experienced wasn't actually like the mundane, like, or that th it wasn't the norm. It wasn't right. what everyone does experience. And, yeah. but it's crazy how many women now Lindsay will talk to and they did have similar experiences or difficulties. And like, I've heard some insanely wild birth stories that just like have your mouth dropped the entire time. And those aren't the ones you see in movies, you know, and TV shows and sitcoms. And like there it is like what was going on in Aaron's blunt. Aaron Blaine's head, which was like ambulance comes, gets the wife or the, the husband's rushing to the hospital um, with the, you know, with his wife in the back. And it's like, no, there's a whole process that goes along with like, you yeah. know, pre-birthing and contractions and timing the contractions. It's not like an alarm clock just randomly goes off and it's like, oh, we're having the baby. There's just a lot to it that you don't get taught. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the preparing a man to be in a supportive role for that is um oh. i think one of the biggest gifts that we might be able to do right you know if 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 a dad can be there be present be whatever whatever the thing is that's 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 most supportive it's just a huge deal man it's such a it is it literally kickstarts off uh a human's life you know and well, we has, had no idea what a doula was and like or i didn't yeah. at least yeah. and I probably would have just thought that was crazy to, to, to hire someone to help us birth until it happened until we had a very difficult long birth. And then, so for our second son, we hired a woman that just like is a master at her craft and is a doula here in town. And I cannot tell you how important and supportive and like valuable that was for us. I mean, there was a moment where like Lindsay was standing there and she was getting ready to get her epidural and like she was crying and screaming and like, you know, there's just like so much going on. And I'm standing there looking at her 
and the doula came over and like put us together like she brought it she was like you need to she said like your husband he's there for you and you need him and like she had her lay kind of like over me and like you know kind of hug me and like I was supporting her as she was getting all these things done and I was just kind of in fight or flight and like that woman just kind of said you know what like let's let's move this along and let's put these two people together and it was it was really a beautiful experience and we needed a little bit of help there um so not like promoting getting a doula or anything but man like it just knowing and, and i think like the reason she was so beneficial is because i didn't know what to do and oh one thing she did tell us which i think would be valuable for everyone to hear is like and maybe it's not the case with every woman, but she looked at me and said, you you might offer your wife a glass of water and she might like swipe it out of your hand. And then like three minutes later, want one. And like, it, you're, it's just going to be so confusing, but you have to just accept and not take personal. <laughs> you know, if you get yeah. like punched or like, you know, something gets thrown at you. And that was really helpful to set myself up and go, okay, cool. I can do that. But I think if I hadn't, I would have been very surprised by getting like hit in the face with a glass of water. I want to uh, promote the the idea of getting a doula and promote the idea of getting Great. whatever support team, all of the support teams and learning about that. And I actually think that's a place where, you know, um, the dad in the mix can be really um, helpful. You know, I, I think, and maybe this will lead into, maybe shifting our talk a little more into just being, you know, fathering, not, not so much the birth, but I see one of the, the, the roles and duties of a father it's shared obviously, and it's different for every couple and family, but is the, is the responsibility to see that needs are met, right? Not to yeah. meet all the needs yourself, not to like play hero ball and try to like take care of things, but, but be to step back and look at the entire family system and assess what needs there are and what need and, and yeah. how to have those met. Right. And so, and again, we don't always know what we don't know. We don't ever know what we don't know. Right. So if we don't know what a doula is, how could we take responsibility for getting more support for the birth process? And again, that's sort of this community uh, village thing yeah. that we're, that we're building because, um, yeah, man. I mean, I know this is pretty obvious and probably is implicit to everything we're saying, but this is fucking important, right? Yeah. Like, like this is really, really important. Um, hold on, Aaron. I'm gonna. Yeah. I gotta pause a second. Ben, here. I gotta pause a second. Pull this into it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, a, a friend of Dan and I's popped into the podcast um, in the Zoom room. And it was because he had uh, misjudged the the timing of, of, of him and Dan's call. However, I have a call with him today at one o'clock to talk about some early childhood development things that my wife and I are just completely confused about. And so I was highlighting to Ben how he should have just popped in and we should have kept recording and then articulated that like, oh, here's an example of like what community yeah. looks like. Here's an example of like a buddy that happens to have like a really like firm grip and education on early childhood development. And it's like, it's not a therapist. Well, I'm not seeing a therapist. I'm calling a buddy to just talk about this stuff because we're having 
situations in our home that like we're doing as much work I think as we can to research and like study and like take courses on but there's a couple things that we just don't know how to tackle and in the moment they are intense and what so is it? will you share is, is that so okay like share? so Easton is just a strong-willed child he's he's strong-willed and like he wants a reaction from us and Lindsay and I can be as calm as a cucumber and he will continue to ramp things up until he gets some sort of response. And so we're just working so hard on like how to navigate that because we can be like, Hey buddy, you're having a hard day. And he'll just yeah, Yes, I am. And like, you know, it, and it's just like, don't talk to me and like there's just like screeching and screaming and like it then you can tell he's having he's having trouble and it just seems to ramp up no matter if we take charge and remove him or we you know distract him or or like redirect him like it's all the same it's the same response and so it can feel extremely frustrating for her and i as a team when like we're doing what the books say we're doing what all the videos say we're we're following a hundred people on instagram that deal with these issues but we're still having issues and we want help and like we think ben might be a really good resource for us so yeah yeah so i just i'll just to plug ben and we should have just let him we should have kept recording because it, it was it was a synchronicity we're talking about taking responsibility to getting needs met getting other people in the mix and then ben butts his face in here on the yeah. zoom room but yeah ben redmond is one of the fatherhood unlock coaches he's on he's on the roster and he's sort of our in-house um child behavior and child development expert and he's he's fantastic we'll have him on the show sometime soon too but um yeah man perfect example and and yeah i think that's just you know this is the conversation i think we need to keep having or versions of this right is that i mean we're in the same place right we have we have our kids are awesome and they're healthy and they're doing well. And at the same time, you know, Duke is is having challenges at we change schools. He's having real challenges. He had unintegrated reflexes in his body. And that's something I never even heard about. But what it means is that it, it set him back physically in some very real mm. ways. And it and it's all workable, right? And and we've we've done the the OT, we call it the awesome doctor. And, you know, and it's, but it, 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 those things do cause real fear, right? When something's off or awry and we don't know what to do with it, it, it causes fear or panic or worry and, you know, ongoing worry and stress. And that's a real deal. So, um, and same thing with Jude and, and even, you know, all, all the kids have something if we wanted to get real paranoid about all of them have something going you know, on all the time, all they the just time. Do. And like yeah. Easton's dealing with a bully at school. And that is a huge thing. You know, there's a kid in his class that like, it's just relentless and is really uh, impacting Easton's, you know, mental health, his safety, which comes home with him. And then like, it, it's like he holds it together or whatever at school. And then that, I think that is part of the problem that I'm going to talk to Ben about, which is like he holds it together at school. I think he gets yeah. by and then he come, comes home and he's he's sad and he's upset and he's confused. And this is like not the experience that we want for our kids to like go to school and get bullied. 
but it's like we don't really have a ton of control over it either we can talk to the teacher we can talk to the principal but like we're not there and so we have to like satellite mentor our kids at home about school and so it's like hey hey buddy when you go to school like these are the things oh and by the way we're maybe teaching values that are different than what the teachers are saying which can has to be massively confusing for easton but like for instance like if he's getting bullied so much to the point that this kid is like finding him and laying on him at recess and like putting his hands around easton's like throat and like easton is like adamant about not defending himself and so like we purposely got him into taekwondo to teach him some self-defense stuff and you know as we're telling him hey buddy and his his like master his teacher at taekwondo is telling him hey buddy you can defend yourself against violence and then the teachers are saying violence is never the answer no matter what well the other day easton defended himself and the story that the teacher told and wrote up in an email was like textbook like easton did all of the right things he went to a teacher first before there was an altercation and said this kid is bothering me and then the kid kept returning to the point where like easton was like all right here's the situation that like i learned in you know martial arts which is i i, I need boundaries and i need to save like like secure my space and this kid got in his space and he knocked him out and like Dude, when I got the emails, dad, I was proud of him. Like, yeah. I was like, hell yeah. And then at the same time, I'm like, oh, I can't, I can't react that way in front of the teacher. And like, maybe my wife doesn't even feel that same way, but I was excited that he stood up for himself. Yeah. And so when he came home, I had to be like, hey, buddy, two things can exist at the same time. You can be kind of in trouble at school and your dad can be really proud of you and love you and know that you just were defending yourself and you're not in trouble. And those things, like, yeah, you don't get a textbook for that either. And it's nuanced. So, yeah. I mean, isn't it such a, a sharp point of pride as a father if, if one of your children stands up for themselves? It has not, been for me, man. It, and not, not because I want my son to be like, oh, this like tough kid. No, I just want him to stand, like you said, stand up for himself. Yeah. And you, that can look many ways. But like, yeah, I was proud that he, that he went into action and like, you know, he did whatever he was trained to do. And like, it worked, the kid went yeah. away. Um, and that's what my dad told me to do too. My dad was like, buddy, if you get in this situation, like don't ever start a fight, but please protect yourself and defend yourself yeah. and make it, make it count. You know, that might've been a little well, extra advice, but um, yeah. The make account. Yeah. That, so th this brings up, I think maybe where to take the rest of our conversation in a sense is that, so, I mean, this, this is so, so rich, right? There's just so much here, but, but I think what you're highlighting or what comes up for me here is that the responsibility that we do have as parents in terms of guiding or shaping or cultivating our children's inner and outer lives is, is, it's, it's substantial. Right. And so what I just heard in what you shared there at the end is that obviously you do not want your child to be an aggressor, uh, you know, a bully on his own right, or just be tough or whatever. 
but you do want that uh, inner strength and 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 sense of self and confidence and ability to to stand up for himself. And again, I'm not I'm not making assumptions of what you want for your kids, but but what I want to say for myself is that my hope and intention is to model and teach to my children enough of a full spectrum of healthy living, yeah. right? So right. to be connected and able to be em- empathic, empathetic, caring, loving, um, and strong and functional and, you know, uh, have confidence and be physically all, all of the things, right. All of the things. And, and so, um, you know, let's parlay that into how we're raising our boys. Cause we, and, and my girl too, right. I have two boys and a girl, so I don't want to leave her out, but how we're raising our children. And then we're also doing this incredible program this summer, uh, which is taking dads and specifically their their boys, their adolescent boys, 14 and up, 13 or 14 and up. And um, which I'm just immensely fired up for. But but I think the conversation here then is, you know, the um just to have the space to 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 be intentional with how we're showing up and how, what we are intending for our family and for our kids and for ourselves and our relationship with them. And again, so I guess what I would say here is that we're all doing this, I think already on a sense, in a sense, most dads are right to some level are really thinking about their values and how to raise their kids and what it means. But what I want to just put in there is that, um, I don't think we're optimally served by doing it alone. Right. No. I, I, I think like having support and community and touch points. And that's so, you know, this, the unbreakable bond that we're doing this summer um, it's a backpacking trip in Yellowstone and we're going to climb mountains and we're going to do a lot of connective work. And really I think the opportunity that, that we're setting up is um, for a young man and his dad to see each other, understand each other, honor each other, work, you know, build the capacity to, uh, to stay in relationship and connection through the fucking ups and downs of life and, and, and create something together that, that, uh, that sticks, you know? So, um, yeah, I'm just fired up about it. No, me too. And I think like with that, it's worth saying that doing it in the place that we're doing it in Yellowstone National Park it really kind of like throws a lot of value and fuel onto that type of situation uh, where you're you're being seen, you're being felt, you're being heard, and you're also experiencing it in the most beautiful part of the, you know, lower 48 that we have. And it's quiet and there's no phones and there's no distractions. There's no girlfriends there's no wives there's it's just you and your and your boy and i think that really helps seal in the container um there are self-reliance stuff that will just inherently become part of the 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 program where we start fires and we have to have responsibility of our packs and like there's there's so much that goes into that it's um it's layered in a, in a really intentional way. And I, I think that like, really, we all do want the things like you said, we, we want, and we intend to do really well, but not having an arena or a, a classroom or a university or something that guys go to, to like really talk about this and go, yeah, 
let's let's do that together and like there's so much cool stuff that gets thrown around and like storytelling also i feel like is just so important and like one guy can hear a story just like a podcast and go man like that's really cool or like i have ideas now of how i can take that intention or that beauty or that like connectiveness and i can like create it or manifest it in my own way with my son or with my kids or at home with my whole family and i think that's kind of what's special about these trips it's not just the space it's not just the woods and it's not just the the program it's all of it put together that makes it really cool yeah i'm just i'm um i guess i've just spent the last 30 seconds listening to you but also planning uh planning our trip for duke and easton and jude and and i don't know maybe, maybe their ages maybe they won't line up for the same sort of rite of passage trip maybe they will maybe they won't maybe duke and easton be, probably will duke and easton for sure uh, wilderness and conan yeah, <laughs> yeah. arranged marriage <laughs> <laughs> you know i i got my first sort of real wilderness experience uh, I was like 13, I think 12 or 13 or 14. Mm-hmm. And and it wasn't set up as a, it wasn't with my dad and it wasn't set up as a rite of passage or anything, but it certainly functioned as one, you know, but what was it? Um, I went to the boundary waters with my cousin's church group and it was like a six day wilderness paddle and um, God, I fucking loved it. I just, yeah, I found my two passions. Well, maybe, maybe this is, this is the younger version of me talking, but um I felt wildly in love with, you know, nature and the wilderness travel and everything. And then I also fell wildly in love with this uh, girl named May, who was the daughter of the, of the, of the pastor who was leading the trip. <laughs> so it was a very passionate five days. And I mean, passionate just in the sense of my heart was like blowing up, you know, in multiple but, ways. In multiple yeah. ways. Yeah. It was really beautiful. Well, dude, I used to, I used to do most of, um, like my dad and I and my brother, we all connected in wilderness type settings growing up. And I think that's what we both mostly remember is like my dad taking us camping or fishing um, or just like building forts in the woods. And then my dad used to take us mushroom hunting to find morels. And we would go with my, my dad and my grandpa and we would find like trash bags full of these mushrooms and we'd bring them home and it was so exciting. And then like, even as like a eight, nine, 10 year old, 11 year old boy, I was like finding these things on my own and it just felt really cool. And yeah, that's most of what I remember with my dad is being outside, being in the woods, starting a fire. Um, we did Indian guides, which was like this, it's like kind of like boy scouts, but call it Indian guides. And like, we got to be a tribe and you know, it's like very, very boring, like cultural appropriation in my mind as I'm saying it right now. But the idea of it was really cool is that like we had a tribe of dads and my dad was the chief and like we would go in the woods and like set up a teepee and like have fires and make food together and shoot bows. And oh my God, it was just, it was so fun. And was it like an organization? There was an organization that put this on? dude it was an it was a national organization called indian guides and i don't know it doesn't it's not popular because you know 
I think it's in like a Jonathan Taylor Thomas movie as I'm thinking about it. Like he's in it with his dad and it's kind of like set up to be funny and awkward, but like, got it. Yeah. And it like, you know, there were like, I don't want to say like reject kids. Like I was one of them, but we were all just kind of like, you know, very hodgepodge, like, you know, random kids with the dads. And I don't even know how they like marketed this program, but um, anyway, we were in it and I remember a bunch of it. It was fun. And we just spent a ton of time outside in the woods. Yeah, man. Um, Yeah. It's I, I, part of me wants to ask the question, like, I wonder why is it seemingly such a important to big deal for that outdoor arena for connecting with with our boys that sort of you know father son man masculinity thing i i i know the answer i know a lot of answers but uh there's a lot of answers to that yeah there's a lot of answers i mean my my fucking boys love to hike it's one of the most it's one of the things i'm like most joyful and lit up about is my kids love to fucking hike man they just fucking like not just love it but they like Jude, my my middle kid, has a ton of energy in general, but that motherfucker will literally just run like up. Like, yeah. he, like I guess he's he's like a four year old trail runner, man. He gets in there, but Duke, dude, they just love it, and and I'm guessing they're keying off of how happy I feel out there, or maybe not. Maybe it's just natural. They just love to run the woods, you know. I'm well, sure I think it like it's like releasing them into their natural habitat, which is like what they want that's what an animal wants like you think a tiger in a zoo just is like really happy about just like <laughs> hanging around fucking getting yeah. steak thrown at him and just like yeah. having people stare at him no like a kid is like instantly transformed into the natural habitat of the woods and they just get to be wild and like easton does the same thing he takes off running as soon as we get on a trail and he's screaming and it's just it's like fun and joyful and then he finds a bug and then he finds a rock and he wants you to see it and it's so exciting and just everything like he exerts more energy on like a three-hour trail run or hike or nature walk or whatever than he does in an entire day because god it's like man he is a wild animal and we have to have him in our house. It's like live. It, he's like yeah. living with a tiger. Like he, yeah. he breaks a lot of stuff. He is just rambunctious and loud. And like Lindsay and I have been really cautious not to like break him of that. Like, it's yeah. like, we want him to do that. But um, I would say being in the woods is where he it just mostly is happy. Hell yeah. All right, but here's my last question to wrap up with. If, like, say, say we have wild, say like immensely wild success with Fatherhood Ready, with Fatherhood Unlocked in general, with the father son programs, say that somehow we were able to help up level, you know, dads and their and their connection to their families and their kids and their, you know, taking on the role like really wildly successful and somehow a generation and you know, had a generational impact here. Um, what do you think changes? What do you think changes in, in families in society in the world? What's like, I'm curious what's your sense of a big, really, really ambitious goal would be. Mm-hmm. There are so many answers to that question as well that like, 
some seem out of reach and, and sad that they feel out of reach. Some feel fun and interesting, but like, I would just hope that there is a notice like, yeah, if we were wildly successful and we could see and sense and feel a massive shift in just the way that dads were able to show up for their kids. Um, I don't know, like maybe we change the way we work professionally. Uh, we change the way that like we, our relationship with what wealth and, and, and joy is, um, maybe there is like a noticeable shift in like lack of materialism and more experiential. Uh, maybe we'll see people outside more. Um, maybe the neighborhoods will start filling up with kids walking with their parents at night with their dads. Um, yeah, I think if we, it, it, I would just want for this to change the way that our culture just handles even the education of how to be a dad like just in the fatherhood ready maybe yeah maybe that gets huge i don't know man it's uh it, it feels exciting and it kind of feels like daunting too i feel like we're at a debt pretty big deficit and maybe that's just me but um yeah that's a it's a difficult question to answer yeah my my answer today is um, I've had the, the, I would say rare experience of spending a lot of the last 10 to 12 to 15 years of my life in really close community with a lot of really, uh, plugged in men, you know, who are really taking life seriously and taking fatherhood seriously. And I think maybe what I would hope for is that what I see in these small local levels of just family togetherness and health and, you know, connected to nature, connected to community, feeling purposeful. Um, I guess, yeah, man, if, if, if what I'm seeing is real for, for these communities got somehow, you know, uh, extrapolated out and spread out some more, I think, I think we would just generally uh, feel more secure and more, and, and I think people would be generally more, self-assured and confident yeah. and um i i just feel like i do think it is the the like if i think dads play a huge they do i mean obviously this is an obvious statement but play a really 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 big role in the well the well-being of our families and um yeah and i don't think it's always tended all the way you know not as much as we, I think we could or know how to do. And, yeah. and I would agree with you um, of like just being able to maybe scale this. Hopefully like what we do has such an impact on just the core group of guys that we start with that it just scales and we get more people that are interested in putting this out and um, getting to a local level, a state level and yeah. maybe level yeah. like like i'm i'm kind of like bridal i was like bridling myself in the first share which is like no dude let's fucking go like let's yeah. let's make this happen and um and spread it into the world because it is the most important thing to me specifically yeah. it is the most yeah. important thing and um that's my mission and, if and I so can dad, most dads say that right most dads would tell you that that fatherhood is the most important thing 
So that's to me what this is about. Let's treat it that way, right? Let's yeah. let's let's have let's, integrity to that. Let's truth. do that. Yeah. Fuck yeah, that excites me. I had actually hadn't even ever had the 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 snapshot in my mind of bringing this to the local level, but a hundred percent that's realistic. Fatherhood ready. If we if we're able to do it in a in a in a in an appropriate way, there's no reason that we can't spread that out and have people, you know, running these everywhere. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. we were having we had at least one group in almost every state of of men that were in men's groups in a very short amount of time. You remember yeah. that? That yeah. was huge. I mean, we had like yeah. seventy or eighty some groups that were forming, and yeah. maybe to have something like this forming on a at least state level like one per big city like that would be that would be a win for me well maybe in a year we'll be um we'll be announcing our sort of facilitator training for fatherhood ready maybe even sooner we'll see i'm in i'm I'm in all right dude this has been great man we'll we'll have lots more of this and um yeah any any last thoughts or takeaways you want to share before we wrap no, just excited, like more than just excited. There is maybe, yeah, there's way more words that describe what uh, we're about to do. And um, yeah, come in for the free class if you're if you're listening yeah. to this and like just kind of get a taste of what this might be like. And like if you're a dad, if you're about to become a dad or you're a new dad or you're just a dude that's like, man, I want to be a dad someday. And like, maybe I should listen to this. You know, we've had... I've had so many buddies go, is it worth it to have kids? Like, is it, is it really yeah. okay? Is Cause I'm like, I think I do. And maybe those guys are interested in hearing about what this is all about. And um, yeah, I, I, I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm privileged and I really appreciate you trusting me and us doing this together is going to be fun. So. Yeah, man. Yeah. So that is uh free class is called the ultimate adventure. It's on Thursday, April 13th, 2 PM um 2 p.m pacific 5 p.m eastern and uh yeah Uh, all right man beautiful stuff we'll talk soon thank you for your time dude see you soon all right yeah bye thank you everybody who made it all the way through and those of you who didn't uh very appreciative of your time and your attention and i don't know if you can feel it but there's something building here and um the podcast is He's getting a ton of downloads and people are leaning in with interest already. We're building something. We're building a universe, an ecosystem to support dads here and all over the place. Our intention is big. Our intention is to have a, a societal impact and to really move the needle and set a new tone and sort of set a new um, possibility for what it means to be a dad and how dads go about the job. So thank you for your time. If you have a minute, Wherever you're listening to this, you know, subscribe, follow us, like us, write a review, pass it along to your buddies, pass it along to your friends. Who needs to hear this stuff? Um, my sense is there's a, a whole generation or multiple generations of dad who would benefit. So please pass it on. I appreciate your effort. Thank you.